This is cold. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so vicious so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a, lie. that's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Oh, uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. How you doing today, bud? I'm excited. It's it. Last week was so much fun. You know, I, it, it exceeded expectations, and uh, we laughed, we cried. Well, I cried on the inside. Well, I'm uh, gonna, I'm saving that for the end of today's episode where I'm gonna cry, but we'll get over, we'll get to it. Well, I already <laughs> played my dar, so it's not, so it's not like I can ruin your day. Uh, but uh, yeah, what do you have any thoughts about last week? Because I think I've uh, I've uh, accumulated all of mine and uh, dumped them out of my head. Well, I think you know last week was great, but you know huge upset. I got to say, first round, our guest, the genius Lanny Poffo, moving on victorious in his bout with Ric Flair. Uh, so <laughs> uh, welcome again to the show for this week, the genius Lanny Poffo. Now that you have lost all your credibility, I have come to. Uh, urinate on your grave. Oh, oh, th- <laughs> sir, that ship sailed with our credibility. Um, <laughs> okay. Doink the Clown won the next generation bracket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We dubbed Doink the Clown the greatest wrestler of the early 90s. <laughs> which, which Doink was this? Uh, Matt Bourne, of course. The, you know, the evil Doink the Clown, not the uh, later iterations where it was all fun and games. <laughs> well, I, I like tough Tony Bourne a lot better. His father. I well, I I have not seen him. I will I will see if I can find something in the annals of uh, YouTube and find Tony Bourne. I will write down my note right now. So we are back. Did you enjoy round one last week, sir? You're talking to me. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't call me, sir. Yeah. Pronouns, <laughs> pal. Right. <laughs> yes. I'm in December. I'm going to be 68 years old. And in 2024, oh boy, I'm going to be 70. So, you know, uh, you can call me sir if you like. Well, absolutely. And you know what? You don't look a day over my age because you know, at least you have a full head of hair. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I have to admit, I had my face circumcised, and that's why I look so good. Oh. <laughs> oh, all right. Are you gentlemen ready to start this bracket for this week? Absolutely. All right, well, we are cooking with gas right from the start as we have Hulk Hogan taking on Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Ronald. Ooh, I mean, look at this. A callback to the first WrestleMania. You know, um, yeah, I mean, I I, I gave Mr. Wonderful his flowers last week, but I'm going to have to go with Hulkamania. (laughs) Oh, this one, yeah. The funny thing is, um, as I've aged, because, you know, in in 1992, when I discovered wrestling, Bret Hart was my guy. He's still my guy to this day. Uh, I love Bret. You know, I I've grown to appreciate Hogan more as I've aged and my feelings about pro wrestling have changed 
over the last, you know, decade or so, now that we're just seeing, you know, the spot matches and a lot of the garbage wrestling and just the fast pace and this and that. And we've kind of lost storytelling and big stars in the business. So I find myself loving Hogan more and more. Um, but like I said last week, Paul Orndorff is that first guy that really, you know, kind of hooked me aside from Bret Hart. It was the main reason I watched WCW. So it is tough. Um, because I'm going against my childhood here, but I mean it's Hulk Hogan, right? <laughs> Lanny? Oh Mr. Wonderful was the handsomest wrestler. He had the best hair, the best tan, not the best tan, Hulk did, but the best physique. And then all of a sudden, uh I see him a week later, and his one of his arms is atrophied because he uh hurt some C one, C two in his neck, cervical vertebrae. And then he had that skinny arm for the rest of the time. Um, but the correct answer is Hulk Hogan. Nobody can take that away. All right, moving on to Dusty Rhodes and Mr. Perfect. Ronald? Mm. Yeah, see, like we're going 80s. I mean, yes. it, it's, you know, all, all of the stuff I loved of Kurt was in the 90s, unfortunately. You know, I know he had that AWA stuff. And, but it just, you can't, you, you can't go over Dusty here, uh, in my opinion. And I, I agree. I think Dusty is the right answer. Um, but like the first match in my life that I watched over and over and over and over and over again was Mr. Perfect Bret Hart. And you're correct. That was from the nineties. And so I didn't discover necessarily the eighties stuff until later on, but I know that our guest here has a special connection to Mr. Perfect in the 80s wrestling. So I'd love to get your opinion on this one. Well, Mr. Perfect is phenomenal, but the correct answer is Dusty Rhodes. All right. I love, I love that this is the first guest that we've had that like verbally says the correct answer is... <laughs> Like it's just so matter of fact. Lambasting us. So I love it. Okay. So it's it's uh, objective versus subjective. Correct. But in both categories, you have to give it to the guy that drew the most money. And uh, just because it was in the seventies doesn't mean uh, it doesn't accrue interest. I mean, they're both deceased. And uh, who was the better worker, Mister Perfect? But. When you figure out the minutia of wrestling and why people buy tickets, you've got to give it to uh, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, definitely the bigger star and the bigger draw historically. So I gotta otherwise say, that, kind of, otherwise you knock success, and I don't want to be guilty of that. I gotta say that is the best argument I've ever heard when it comes to drawing money in the seventies. You know, yeah, it may have been in the seventies, but it does accrue interest. I yeah, think that, I, I, that was worth repeating. So I, I love that so much. <laughs> All right. Now this one, I this one could go either way. Hot Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper taking on Jerry the King Lawler. I will let Lanny go first this time. Well, I feel uh, that Hot Rod, Roddy Piper against Jerry Lawler. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not close. It's not close. It should be unanimous for Roddy Piper. Ooh. Oh, tough words there. I, I, I think it might. I, I, for me, I think it's a little closer than that. But Piper, God, it's hard to find someone that was 
more over or more exciting, more interesting, more unpredictable than Roddy Roddy Piper in the 80s. So I will cast my vote as well for Piper, Ron. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, it, it is. I, I understand where Lanny's coming from when he says it's not close because, yes, Jerry the King Lawler was a top draw in Memphis, Kentucky, but Piper was a global draw and then trans transitioned into movies and was the main foe for WrestleMania. And like for the longest time, the only guy not to do a clean job for Hogan. So all arrows point to Piper on this one, as much as we love Jerry, Jerry, the King Lawler. And, and he came here to chew, gub- chew bubble gum and kick ass. That's right. <laughs> and it's all out of bubble gum. And it, for my money for a very, very long time, that was the best movie uh, starring a professional wrestler. For a very long time. And even to this day, I don't know that there's one where the star, even with all the stuff The Rock's done, that's better than They Live. So, yeah, Piper doesn't get enough credit for for his work outside the wrestling business. So, moving on to our next match, The Rock and Roll Express taking on the macho man Randy Savage. Ronald? this uh, It's funny because we're now we're going back to my argument for the last one, you know, territories 80s tag team wrestling those guys take it over by a landslide but we're talking global phenomenon faces of wrestling uh macho man you know it, 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 slim jim commercials movies himself you know uh rock and wrestling his uh his wrestlemania moments every all signs point to randy for this one even if it's against the Rock and Roll Express. And as much as they did for the 80s, uh, it can't be understated what Macho Man did. Yeah, I I think for my money, the original uh, Mr. WrestleMania is Randy Savage. Uh, Just look at WrestleMania 4 in and of itself, where he had four matches uh, against completely different opponents every match. I mean, and, and each match is unique. And, and he was very giving. He didn't go out there and say, well, I got to wrestle four times, so I'm going to mail in two of these matches. It's an incredible night. One of the greatest one-night stories of all time. Um, and I love the rock and roll, but once we even just consider promos, I think it's just, you know, this argument's dead in the water, and Macho Man's got to move on to the next round. Lanny? Don't, don't forget for that tournament, Randy wore four different outfits to the ring. And that's what he would also do in Madison, Wisconsin and Madison Square Garden. So he he dedicated himself for the entertainment of the fans. Now, having said that, Randy and I wrestled the Rock and Roll Express. And I can tell you that I loved it and Randy loved it. Randy loved working with those guys. But the correct answer is Macho Man, Randy Savage. Let's move on. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely and one of the things that I, that i've heard um that uh, jim Cornette talks about a lot was that uh back very early on in their careers uh Bo- beautiful bobby eaton and the macho man uh went just night after night after night went out there and pushed each other to new heights and and, and both of them kind of inspired each other um is how much validity is there to that um, since we have Lanny here today. Randy loved working with Bobby Eaton, and it was instant box office. And uh, the fans that were lucky enough to see it did not ask for a refund. 
<laughs> I, I imagine not. That is some videotape I would love to get my hands on because that sounds like the best wrestling imaginable. So at the time. Yeah, absolutely. So Lanny Poffo taking on both members of the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal, Ronald. Well, I mean, don't look at me. I don't have a Darso. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I do believe in consistency. You know, if you wanna if you wanna do something and you wanna get something going, you just need to be consistent. And you know, I'm just gonna play to the gimmick, bro. You know, uh I mean, the Road Warriors, they have the Road Warrior pop, they have the Doomsday device, they have the shoulder pads, the face paint. But are they geniuses? I mean, look at them. A couple of meatheads, if you ask me, right, Lanny? <laughs> and how high could they really leap? Let's be honest. So for that and for that alone, I got to go, I got to go the genius here. Well... The pretense is wrong because it should be the Road Warriors against Ric Flair. I did not deserve to win the first round. Okay. But since I made it to the second round in this very political world that is your show, um, I would say that I have to give it to the Legion of Doom or, or the Road Warriors or both. Okay. Well, I will agree with Lanny. After all, he is a genius and it will be the Legion of Doom, moving on to the next round. Which brings us to one Nick Bockwinkle taking on Ravishing Rick Rude. Ronald. Yeah, you know, I, I did use last week as, you know, you know, I surprised you even. I'm aware of Nick Bockwinkle. I've watched a few things, and I'm aware of why he's so good. But he's going against Rick Rude, and... Rick Rude is one of my guys as far as like going back and just studying promos and really just stuttering, st studying his bell to bell stuff. Like the dude had just phenomenal timing and the way he can sell for a baby face and make them look just so fantastic is, you know, kind of outweighs the little I've seen of Nick Bockwell, Nick Bockwell, which sounds unfair, but I'm just going with my fandom on this one. Oh, this one's a really tough one for me as well, because, uh, I think these guys, for me, these guys are on an evil footing or even playing field for me. And this is could be a coin flip one for me. Uh, again, Rick Rude, when I first got into wrestling, those technical, these really technically sound good heels. I still remember vividly to this day, the Iron Man match between Ravishing Rick Rude and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the world title in WCW. And I love that match. And I recently rewatched it and I was not disappointed that uh, it, it, it held strong in my memory. Um, but I, I, I just, ugh, I'm going to go Nick Bockwinkle for content purposes so that Lanny can be the deciding vote here. Okay. Um, it's a very tough call. It's very close. The better interview was Nick Bockwinkle. The better worker was Nick Bockwinkle. The better physique was ravishing Rick Rude. And the better costuming was ravishing Rick Rude. So that brings it up to a tie. But I'm going to have to say the person between the two of them, actually, it is Nick Bockwinkle, is the man that I would choose to represent the legitimacy of wrestling uh, just by walking in looking like a million dollars. 
And this is something that I never put a lot of effort into. Um, I remember I was on tour with um, Rick Rude and Nick Bockwinkel was the agent. And at the end of the tour, both Rick Rude and I looked like something that fell out of a cat's ass. <laughs> and Nick Bockwinkel still had a crease in his pants. So I give it to <laughs> Nick Bockwinkel. All right. Dress for success. That's it's helping Nick Bockwinkel get through a lot further than I thought he was going to. I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm very happy. All right. Now, Battle of the Big Men, Andre the Giant taking on one Bruiser Brody. And I'll take this one first. I love Brody. He's great. Uh, it led to one of the funniest moments on our show ever when you tried to put Mabel over on Bruiser Brody and you moved him to the next round and I lost my mind. But this is Andre the Giant. So, Andre the Giant. Ronald? <laughs> Absolutely, Andre the Giant. Yes, I, you know, I did kind of step out of my comfort zone and commented and complimented Brody on this uh, episode just for you, Cole. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you got to go with facts. You got to go with box office. And we're talking 80s and we're talking 80s draw, drawing power. Got to go, Andre. Lanny? Well, if it was Bruiser Brody against El Gigante <laughs> or. <laughs> Or that guy from uh, India that was so... Yeah, the great Kali, yes. The great yeah. Kali. Um, then I would give it to... If it was between... Then I would give it to Brody. But they're not put another man ahead of Andre the Giant. <laughs> that might be some foreshadowing for the rest of this tournament. Uh, this is shaping up to be the best eight that we've ever had. Uh, the final match of the 16, Harley Race and Terry Funk. I hate myself for this bracket that this is this early. I wish this was later on, but, uh, you know, I put the brackets together. So now we have to eliminate either Terry Funk or Harley Race way earlier than they deserve to be eliminated. Um, so I'm going to let you guys uh, make arguments and try to sway me. Ronald, who you got? I mean, I mean... Mine will be quick. It's Terry. I just think, you know, as great as Harley is, was, and all that, I do remember saying from last week that, you know, I haven't seen a whole hell of a lot. I've seen enough, and I definitely understand uh, one of the greatest of all time, but I've seen a lot more of Terry. I've gone back and seen a lot more of uh, Terry's stuff, especially from the 80s, uh, and, you know, he was a thing during my fandom, too. And you know, <laughs> yes, and during the 2000s and yeah. the 70s, and <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's been in this business spanning five and a half decades, like, yeah, incredible, so, and continuously in reinventing himself, so. absolutely. So, well, yeah, I, I gotta go with I gotta go with Terry Funk, Lanny. Well, I am known in this wrestling business as one of the thriftiest men that ever walked down the aisle, okay. And this is uh, an accusation that I have never denied. <laughs> but if I were going to buy a ticket between Harley Race and Terry Funk, the correct answer is Terry Funk. I would pay to see Terry Funk because in Harley Race, he's great, but you know what you're going to get. Terry Funk, he's great, but you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, fifty-year-old man starts moonsaulting, you know, in his fifties for the first time. He'd never done it before. Uh, I, you guys have definitely swayed me. Um, 
It is Terry Funk moving on. And we have a final eight. So we'll just keep plugging right along, moving on to the final eight, the semifinal round. All right. This is the debate. The baby faces of the 80s. Hulk Hogan taking on Dusty Rhodes. Ronald. See, even Hulk Hogan himself would would even say Dusty. He, I, every interview I've ever seen him have always puts over how great Dusty was, like bows to him and such. Uh, but you know, we're talking. You're talking to me. Uh, I'm. I've just seen more of Hulk. Hulk has been, you know, part of my childhood. Uh, maybe not during his. Well, yeah, no, absolutely during his. Like the the NWO stuff alone was part of my whole upbringing uh pretty much and as great as dusty was in the 80s you know it can't be overlooked the boom that happened because of hulk hogan in the 80s and um well into the 90s so yeah yeah, i gotta go hulk Uh, it pains me to eliminate dusty from anything (laughs) lanny the answer is hulk hogan and it wasn't close all right emphatic statement there i agree i think it's hulk um i mean you know i was thinking maybe we might get that that hogan and flair matchup in the finals here but that's not happening today so what here's a hot take like just gun to your head who had the better promos dusty or hulk Ooh. um dusty but keep in mind he um he copied uh thunderbolt patterson a lot Mm. and there's a guy whose name is not on your list but um, because of whatever, uh, but have you heard of the name Thunderbolt Patterson? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I'm I'm an avid listener listener to the Jim Cornette podcast, and he talks about all these wonderful guys. And uh, also um, Conrad Thompson with uh, um, oh my goodness, uh, Tony Schiavone. Uh, they do watch alongs on a weekly basis, and they played quite a few promos from Thunderbolt Patterson on the air and uh, watching episodes of old NWA stuff and old mid South. And so I, I, I am familiar with Thunderbolt Patterson, but uh, he was kind of towards the end of his run in the eighties. I do believe. Um, and, and he's just, he's one of those guys that didn't quite hang on long enough to get that national exposure. So he is, uh, that would be the reason he didn't make this list today, but I'm so glad we're talking about him because I was, I was, I started out in 1973, and in 1974, I met Thunderbolt Patterson, and he took an interest in me, and he tried to help me. Some of his advice went in one ear and out the other. (laughs) However, um, I'm a better person because I was friends with Thunderbolt Patterson. Fantastic insight. I'm so glad we get to talk about some of these names. And this is why we brought the expert. Someone that lived through the and wrestled through the entire decade of the 80s. We're so glad to have you here with us today, especially since now the matchup is Hot Rod Rowdy Roddy Piper taking on the Macho Man Randy Savage. Lanny, oh. we will let you go first on this one while we both pull our hair out. <laughs> hey, nature decided what? that for me a long time ago. Yes. I'm sorry. Nature <laughs> decided that for me a long time ago. No yeah, hair. <laughs> Okay, it's it's like saying, um, I don't know which is better between um, 
you know, who's the prettier girl between <laughs> so friend and Marilyn Monroe? Yes. Uh, <laughs> depends who you prefer. Absolutely. Okay? But the reason that the Macho Man was better than Roddy Piper is because Randy was willing to put his shoulders down for Hulk Hogan. And you cannot give somebody the belt if you can't get it off of them. And the reason Piper was never a champion, except for a brief time with Bret Hart and uh, Jacques Rougeau, um, is because they can never take it off of them. So Randy was the all-business team player. See, you have to give Piper credit. He was the star of WrestleMania 1. But then he kind of uh, got disenchanted with wrestling, got himself into show business, and then kept making comebacks and, and then leaving. While Randy uh, took advantage of that and filled his spot and did it very well. And when it was time to win after WrestleMania 3, when he dropped the belt unselfishly to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, the next year he came back and won the world championship. And then the ver and then WrestleMania 5 lost it to Hogan. And then WrestleMania 8, WrestleMania 8 won it again from Ric Flair. You see, life is not a sprint. Life is a marathon. And in this marathon of life, Macho Man won. Okay, so I'm going to say it's the Macho Man. And it's true that Piper was the star of They Live. But Randy had a very memorable part in another movie called Spider-Man. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Bone saw was ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a so and I love Roddy Piper and I love my brother. But in all honesty, I've got to give it to the Macho Men. All right, Ronald. Yeah, I was really pondering this because my goodness, this is difficult. I didn't realize how difficult this was until we were like until the two names were put together. But you know, in a lot of ways, these guys are neck and neck. The work is there. The promos are there. The box office is there. So really, what it comes down to for me is maybe the athleticism and who did it great longer. That's Macho Man. It, it just is. Uh, Macho Man just had the slight edge on in-ring uh, because of his athleticism. They both were amazing storytellers. But like... Macho Man's commitment to the business, you know, as legendary as it sounds, like, you know, they, they would give it get to the point where, like, you know, they throw around the word paranoid a lot. I just think he was just a master of his craft and took it so seriously that it it messed with his it messed with them a little bit. And I think someone who takes something that seriously, uh, and it shows in his work, obviously, and I'm sure you can speak better to it, Lanny, but I think all of that kind of puts him above Piper for me. Yeah, and well, I, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. Whenever I would wrestle and Randy thought I didn't put in 100%, he would call me um, a shoplifter because uh, these people paid money for a show and I didn't give it to them. And I can tell you, Randy kept talking after he made his point. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I would, I would roll my eyes, but never to his face. Okay. <laughs> But uh, see, he was alpha male, and I was not beta. I was like 
worse than that. I was like Omega Man, you know, but <laughs> that uh, he had OCD and that stands for obsessive compulsive disorder. Nope. One cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll just make it unanimous. It is savage for me moving on. Um, I, I, you know, I can't say enough good things about the Macho Man. For me, I think he is everything that is, I mean, he's just the epitome of what professional wrestling is to me. Um, and absolutely, as much as I love Piper, I think it's definitely Macho Man moving on here. So this brings us to the most interesting of the final four match, or the, the final eight. The Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, taking on Nick Bockwinkle. Go ahead, Ronald. Okay. I'm going to go Road Warriors here just because I'm just picturing these guys hanging out at a bar. <clears throat> and, you know, Nick Bockwinkle is going to say something a little, you know, a little edgy and uh, kind of, you know, tick off Hawk. And uh, it's going to be a rush when they doomsday device him in that bar. And uh, I'm just going to say Legion of Doom for me. <laughs> I really don't have a dog in this fight. I'm just going to go with the Road Warriors. On this <laughs> well, for me, again, since we don't have Ric Flair, uh, definitely got to be Nick Bockwinkle for me going on. Um, I, I just, I'm very happy that we've got to talk about Nick Bockwinkle three times now. And uh, so I want to keep the train rolling. I love Nick Bockwinkle. He's one of the best ever. Um, so Lanny to decide who moves on to the final four. Okay. If I were going to draw money in one night, it would be the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. But if I were going to draw money for 30 years, <laughs> give it to Nicky Poole. Nick Bockwinkle. Enough All said. Right. Nick Bockwinkle. So, so the, answer, the is, my answer is Nick Bockwinkle. And I am prejudiced. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. But you, what you meant to say was the correct answer is. <laughs> the correct answer. Is that your final answer? Yes. The, the correct answer is Nick Bockwinkle. Um, I will, he was a salesman of wrestling. Yeah. Now, who's going to draw the most, if I were going to gamble my money on one night of wrestling, uh, yes, it's the, it's the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, no question about it. But for the gift that keeps on giving, one man staying in a territory, working and working and working, return after return, it's Nick Bockwinkle. He's going to draw you more money over a period of 30 years. But if you want one big splash, you've got to give it to the Road Warriors. So the, my answer is Nick Bockwinkle. Awesome. So now this, this is probably going to be the hardest one for me ever. Andre the Giant versus Terry Funk. Oh, Ronald. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's the uh... hardest one. <laughs> That is a doozy. That is, uh, no, I don't even think we approached the hardest one yet. But yeah. this one's tough. Uh, but you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to give the edge to Andre here. Like, as much as we love Funk, and as much as there can be arguments made for Funk for doing it, uh, drawing the, for drawing a lot of money for a longer period of time, multiple retirements, and doing it longer, ha has it. Has it outgrown, you know, pardon the pun, uh, Andre's contributions to this business? It, it is it worth more than what he did 
what he ended up doing. Yeah, that's that, that's kind of the only argument I have to lean towards Andre. Yeah. So that's well, that's my answer is Andre. Well, for me, this is one of those where, uh, in spite of of facts and and who I think would draw more money, no matter what the situation. Uh, for me, personal preference here is where it comes. And if it's me and it's my money, I'm going with Terry Funk um, over Andre by a, the slimmest of margins. So, but let us go to the genius to tell us what the correct answer is. Many years ago, in 1975, I was wrestling in Amarillo, Lubbock, Albuquerque, New Mexico, all the places that were owned and operated by the Funk family. And it was Andre the Giant against Terry Funk sold out every town, and it was the same match. And uh, it was Terry Funk would go up for a flying head scissors on Andre the Giant and take him over while the fans went crazy, and yours truly went crazier. And then... <laughs> They did another spot where Terry Funk went for another flying head scissors. And this time, Andre the Giant had the presence of mind. And this is in the 70s now when he could still move. Okay, in the 80s, he couldn't anymore. Uh, but in the 70s, he was in his prime. He takes Terry Funk, who is up in a flying head scissors, and he runs him to the top rope. And the two men go boom, 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 over the top rope. And gentlemen, I'll tell you, you've never seen a high spot like that in your lives. <laughs> no. Okay? Just, and I don't have video proof, but please, take it from me. Uh, there wasn't a dry seat in the house. Absolutely not. <laughs> There's not a dry no. seat in my room. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, that and as much fantastic. as I love Terry Funk, the correct answer is Andre the Giant. All and right. I'm very, very sorry. That's is that, okay. Is that Darso material, Cole? I mean, no, I, there's only not... one Darso played on this in this <laughs> I game. I know. We've all agreed for the most part. Um, but yeah, I, I'm okay with Andre the Giant in the final four. This is a great final four. Um, this has been a great journey so far. This is where uh, the rubber meets the road, though. And I'm going to let Lanny go first for Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, you put me in a quite a predicament. <laughs> okay, first of all, let's talk selfishly. If it wasn't for the Macho Man, well, let me go even further. I don't do podcasts anymore. Okay. I don't do them unless they offer quite a bit of money to go into my PayPal account. <laughs> the reason I did it for you, sir, is because you are the brother of one of my favorite people in the world. Okay? And when I heard that, I said, there's no way I'm going to say no to you. Okay? So having said that, if it wasn't for the Macho Man, I wouldn't even have gotten into the WWF, WWE. And if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, um, I wouldn't have been, uh, as a jabroni, I wouldn't have had 
four months of main events. Four months. I was, you know, I've had two main events in Madison Square Garden. That's a lot less than Bruno San Martino. Yeah. But it means something to me. And if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, first of all, if it wasn't for Macho Man, I wouldn't have even gotten there. And if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, he took me out of the scrap heap and put me in the main events. I don't know if he's happy he did it. Maybe <laughs> he, you know, but I'll tell you what. Um, so when you talk about prejudice, I am prejudiced for both men. Now, if I can wash away all of that, I'm going to say that regardless of any argument that you guys could make, as you dissect the minutia of wrestling, you've got to give it to Hulk Hogan. That's a great answer. And I will say this, I happen to know for a fact that during that four months, there were a lot of attendance records broken uh, at a lot of arenas. So I'm pretty sure Hulk was very happy with his decision. And I think uh, you don't give yourself enough credit for uh, being the foe that helped joy uh, or draw some of those record crowds during that well, era. Here's, here's a little bit of uh, pithy uh, one-liners that I'm going to leave you with. <laughs> a... Um... A big crowd has many fathers. A small crowd is an orphan. Nobody wants to take the blame for the small crowd. <laughs> Everybody wants the credit for the big crowd. Okay, um, we broke box office records in Los Angeles Coliseum. We broke box office records in Oklahoma City. And we did very, very good business. But it is impossible for me to prove it was because of me. In the words of Waylon Jennings, um, who knows who they came to see? No, he says, God bless old Philadelphia. They were standing in the rain. Who knows who they came to see? A fat man full of beer, a four-piece band, and a charter bus. Oh, my borderline career. In other words, yeah, they drew them sellout, but who, could, who, know, who knows who they came to see? Um, I'm just, I was lucky to have been a part of it. I, I have selective amnesia, but um, when, when you actually think about it, I was just lucky to be there, and I don't claim any of those box office records for myself. I just said I was a part of it. And when you have a tag team partner like Mr. Perfect, and an uh, enemy like Hulk Hogan and an adversary, you know, it's just phenomenal. And um, if it wasn't for that, maybe, I don't know, uh, I drank from the silver chalice of success for one brief shining moment. Was it worth it? Hell yes. <laughs> 21 years of either being a big fish in a little pond or a little fish in a big pond all culminated to four months as a main eventer in WWF and I'm so pleased and happy that it all happened for me but be that as it may there is only one Hulk Hogan and that's my answer all right my goodness Cole do we even need to pick ours <laughs> you know yeah he's convinced maybe. us yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> well he told he told us we weren't allowed to put him over on Ric Flair and you broke that so 
Yeah. Never been. Yeah, a but I loved you. Doing, I appreciated you doing it anyway. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. All right, Ronald. Okay. So you, you got Hogan. I, you know, what can I add to that? Like, you know, I can't yeah. follow that at all. It's, uh, but I will agree. Yes, definitely Hogan. You know, as much, this is, it's two of my guys, but yeah. one has just the slight edge. Uh, I mean, you know, one would argue that it's not, the, the edge isn't so slight, but it, it is for yeah. me because let's be honest, I'm not making the money. I'm not drawing the houses. I'm just a kid watching two guys perform. And out of these two, uh, slight edge to Hogan. So for me, uh, one of the great, uh, another thing that probably helped inspire this podcast currently is that I saw a shoot interview where uh, someone did the practice of rebooking WWF 1985 from the moment that Hogan won the title, but Hulk Hogan does not exist. And that person picked Macho Man Randy Savage as, as their top guy. And for me, I am of the opinion that uh hulk hogan yes he did all that and he was the greatest but i but for me i think if randy savage had been given that spot that hulk was given he would have been just as big a star if not bigger and for me personal preference i think he's just a slightly better in-ring performer i maybe more than slight in-ring performer than hogan so i personally would vote savage but i'm not going to use my darso so it will be Hulk Hogan moving on to the final round to and take if, on. Go ahead. If my aunt had balls, she would be my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so the other final matchup, Nick Bockwinkle in the final four. I'm so happy, Ronald. Taking on Andre the Giant. Ronald, I'll let you lead this one off. I mean, the last few rounds have been like me trying to assassinate Nick Bockwinkle, but <laughs> he just happens to be going up against people that I just adore, even, you know, just a little bit more than him. And let's be honest, he's going against Andre. And uh, for the sake of, you know, time, I won't dwell on it too much. Uh, I'm going to go with Andre. And I will agree uh, as much as I've enjoyed this Nick Bockwinkle run. It is Andre the Giant. Um, for me moving on to the finals of the 80s bracket. Um, Lanny, do you have anything to add to that, or do you want to overrule us? The correct answer is Andre the Giant, and you know better. <laughs> All right, so we have our finals. Only one Darso used today. That's abnormal. Ron and I usually are trying to uh, uh, <laughs> stick it to each other. but uh, and, since and you... my ego just a little. That's all right. <laughs> so... All right, there it I is. I used Our... my Darso for good today. That's right. You did. Today, you used it for good and not to just piss me off. It made me laugh. It made me happy. Because um, I don't think Ric Flair would be in the finals anyway. I think I'd still have Andre over Flair. But we'll never know because, have put it down in the record books, Lanny Poffo is better than Ric Flair. <laughs> I'm a kiss dealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. All right, so the finals, and I will let our guest here today close out close out the bracket here, starting first. Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan with a body slam. Ronald? That, that may have happened once. Yeah, that, that happened once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Isn't it like, uh, you know, 
because you're here, this is this is uh, a good pun. This is poetic justice that uh, Andre and Hogan ended up being the finals for this bracket. Uh, the biggest drawing match in the 80s. Uh, you know, the two biggest drawing matches, like the actual box office and the highest rated wrestling show in wrestling in recorded history on television. So, yeah. And like, you know, and I can use my argument about Roddy Piper for WrestleMania one, you know, that I had uh, a few episodes ago, you know, a baby face is nothing without the, without the heel, you know, and that, that, that argument could be said for Andre, but you know, you, you got one guy who is like the biggest star of the, you know, seventies, eighties. And, you know, but then you got the guy who was at the forefront of the big boom in the mid eighties. So, you know, my heart and my fandom want to want to say Hogan, but like, <clears throat> if you want to break it down into like time, and this is the best wrestler of the eighties, and wouldn't wouldn't the slight edge go to Andre there? I mean, j- just to have it, just to have an argument here. Let's just have a conversation about it. Let's not just give it to Hogan because he's Hogan. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna invite if we're gonna put the boom of wrestling that Hogan created versus the stature and the history of Andre, what means more? And also, Hogan's boom, would it be as big of a boom without Andre's contributions? Okay, Andre was the best of the 70s. Yeah. Hogan was the best of the 80s. Fair. (laughs) Absolutely. The correct answer is? Well, because of the fact that it became national and yay international in the 80s and 90s, you got to give it to Hogan because it, the 70s were territory days. Okay? And because wrestling had evolved into the national and international world in the 80s, yes, the correct answer is Hulk Hogan. But in the 70s, the correct answer was Andre. So you're really... Um, you're both right. We are. We are both right. <laughs> All but right. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it to Hogan anyway, just because he took me out of the scrap heap and put me <laughs> on the main event. Well, I haven't officially picked. I was just making a talking point. <laughs> it was a good <laughs> point. But I'm with you. I'm with you. I heard you, and I'm. And if I if I disagreed, I would have interrupted you. But um, <laughs> no, you're I, you're absolutely right. But it's like. Um, it's Marilyn Monroe against Sophia Loren. Stop, gentlemen. You're both right. You know? <laughs> well, I think uh, you definitely convinced me. I think I'm going to have to go with Hogan, too. I just think, like, if we're... I didn't think we should just move so past this without a conversation. Well, I'm going to go ahead and make it unanimous. This might be... Well, no, it's probably not the first time we had a unanimous finals, but this is the first time the right two people, I think, ended up in the finals. And uh, I think, you know, we're going to go with kind of the the uh, popular way of thinking for a change. And Hulk Hogan is officially the creative team's greatest wrestler of the 1980s. As evidenced by 3,000 people. And how many, how ma- how many on uh, pay-per-view? Uh, not even pay-per-view. It was the main event on Saturday night on NBC. 30 million people watched Hulk Hogan versus Andre. This is when they had the uh, two referees. The the both the Hepners the twin referees Dave and Earl Hebner yes yes and Dave just passed away people. yes yeah Dave passed away so before we go 
Uh, first, I say, did you enjoy yourself here today, Mr. Poffo? This was fantastic to have you. Yes, I enjoyed myself very much, and thank you for inviting me. And uh, like I said, I don't accept uh, podcast offers anymore. I'm retired. And uh, but when you said you were the brother of Candace LeRae, I said, <laughs> well, there's not a thing I can do about that. So let's say yes. Well, I appreciate that. Um, so before we go, uh, I, I'm going to get into my emotions here. I am a, a modern man, so I'm allowed to do so. Uh, I want to tell you as close to face-to-face -face as we possibly can um, how much our few hours together meant to me and, and how it completely changed my life for the better. So we're there four or five hours. So we've t I've told this, this story before on the podcast. Um, so we're setting up the ring. We're all in our early 20s, late teen years. And we're just thrilled to death that we're going to meet the genius Lanny Poffo. And we're so we're there four or five hours before the show. And we're setting up the ring. And you, sir, came up to us as if we were any other contemporaries that you ever worked with. Introduced yourself to us. Uh, ingratiated yourself to us. Asked us questions about our family. My wife was there. My mother was there. You asked us, you know, you asked me and my wife about our relationship and you actually, you know, just got rid of any nerves that we all had that day to be there with you. Um, but what really stood out for me in my life was that you being a 30 year veteran at the time, uh, after every single one of our matches, and now, mind you, this is somebody who, as you said, main evented Madison Square Garden. We are spending our day out on a baseball twice. field. Yes, twice. 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 The correct answer is twice. <laughs> so from a man who's gone from that to now, we're getting dressed in a baseball dugout and, uh, you know, in a, in out outside on a field. And you still took the time. You watched every single person's match. And when we came back, you went out of your way to take us aside for a moment and offered up criticisms uh, and, and praise, just at praise and gave us something to think about. And for me at that day, for someone of your stature to just like with these just teenage kids, really, that are just chasing down a dream to take your time and be so gracious with your knowledge and your time, you talked to me probably for two hours after the show was done, and just not even about wrestling, just about life, but you did give me the single greatest piece of advice I've ever received, and to this day, I tell everyone, watch every single person, because you can learn something from every single match, even if it's what not to do. <laughs> And but more than that, you gave us life advice and, and talked about, you know, frankly, a lot of your friends are no longer with us, even 15 years ago um, because of bad choices. But it meant so much to me that you would take the time to give us the advice that I have done nothing but pay it forward um, here, because now at this point, it's been 20 years since I started wrestling. And so I I don't. It, it destroyed my ego that day in a good way. It took that away from me to the point where I spent 10 years coaching high school and, and youth baseball, and it made me a better man. It made me a better father. It made me a better husband and a, definitely a better coach. And I cannot 
thank you enough for that day and everything you did for us, sir. Oh, thank you. And when I was 12 years old, I was living in Hawaii, 429 County Kapole, and I noticed in front of the Royal Hawaiian Hotel was a very famous man reading Variety magazine. And um, I thought, I've got to get his autograph. So I ran home four blocks, got a pen and paper, ran back, and I said, it was Art Linkletter. Now, you've probably never heard of him. <laughs> I he have, own, oh, yes. He had his own TV show on the, in the daytime. And uh, he was like a, a fixture on television during his time. And I said, Mr. Linkletter, may I have your autograph? And he doesn't even look at me. He says, buzz off. <laughs> but he didn't say buzz. Yeah. And... I had never heard those two words together as a 12-year-old. But it was the tone of his voice that was so toxic. And it hurt my feelings. And believe it or not, it hurts my feelings even telling you about it because I had to open up the filing cabinet in, in my brain of things that I don't like to think about. But, yes, it bothered me and it hurt my feelings and it was horrible. I felt rejected. And then... Um, so when people say, who's the nicest big star you ever met and who's the jerk? I say, Art Linkletter is the jerk. And the nicest person of the big stars that I've ever met was John Forsyth, who played in Bachelor Father and he played in Dynasty. Okay. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't, but fame, if you win it, come, uh, comes and goes in a minute. So what I wanted to tell you was. I know the feeling of being treated rudely by people and it hurts. It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. And as long as I have life and air in my lungs, I'm going to be nice to people as much as I can, even if they don't love you still kill them with kindness. Well, thank you again for being here today. I I have sung your praises now for since the moment I met you, and I will continue to do so. Uh, you are my favorite human I've ever met because of professional wrestling, Lanny. So I wanted to say thank you, and it just this has been an absolute pleasure for us. So, well, and thanks for remembering me. I appreciate <laughs> it. And uh, you know what? Uh, when my daughter graduated high school in 2002, she's now 38 years old and she's married and she has, uh, she's given me two grandsons. I wanted to do a poem for her, not a Hallmark card, but something very personal, something that she could keep the rest of her life. And I'm going to give it to you. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Be humble when victorious, be noble in defeat. Be there when your neighbor hasn't got enough to eat. Try to love your enemy and always be aware that World Cup or Super Bowl, the tortoise beats the hare. Oh, that's a wonderful way to close the show. Uh, Ronald, do you have any closing thoughts before we go? Anything you want to say to Lanny? I just couldn't express more appreciation for your time, sir. I, you know, I, I, I'm cherishing this. 
this is a, a huge a huge deal for me and Cole and for our show. We're so glad to have you a part of this. We're we're glad that we got to bring you out of your uh, shell a bit and uh, have some fun instead of just talking about your career. Uh, it's a nice change of pace, I'm sure. Uh, it was a blast to hang out with you because that's what this felt like, and it was it was real fun. But uh, to uh, kind of close it up here, we're gonna bring you next week our audience at home. Next week we're gonna have a top ten. We're going to go back to our top tens and it's a fun one. We're going to do the top 10 SmackDown moments of all time. Uh, I've uh, had a, I've had a hell of a time coming up with this list, Cole, as much fun as I had coming up with our raw one two weeks ago. Um, and uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I have no more words. I'm just, it, today has been a delight. Absolutely. So one last time, a huge thank you to Lanny Poffo for being uh, so gracious with his time and talking to a couple of jabronis like me and Ronald. And uh, so for Ron Kilborn and our guest, Lanny Poffo, I am Cole Dawson saying thank you. We love you. And good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130. And follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.